I'm Ariel. And I'm Touchard. Our Green Branch is here to get to the root of any issue. From relationships and the strange. To travel and pop culture. Extending an olive branch from us to you. Come with us on a journey of growth. And don't forget to leaf a like. <laughs> this is OGB Podcast. Friends and family, welcome back to our Green Branch Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We are back at it again, and this time we are uh, doing a travel podcast. We just got back from New Orleans, Louisiana, the Big Easy, NOLA, Nolens, New Orleans, whatever you want to call it, you guys, we were there. <laughs> we were there for my family reunion, uh, Good Harris, uh, shout out, family reunion. So. We drove down with his mom and nieces and nephew. And there were a few things planned, and we got to explore the city a little bit on our own, so... It's real neat. Real, real neat. It was. I had been to New Orleans once when I was, like, in high school. I think we... I don't even know if we spent the night there. We probably were there for a couple of hours with my mom and sister. And Mm. I didn't really see too much of the city. So this was my first time really experiencing New Orleans, and can I just say wow? Yeah, but to, to let's go back to that. How old were you during that time when you went? I must have been 15. Okay, see, I was even younger than that. I was like 9 or 8, okay. 8 or 9 when uh, I went to New Orleans, and we ended up going to just the Riverwalk. And when I went to the Riverwalk, it was a lot of... Uh, you know, mom and pop shops. It was a lot of like, not franchise or chain businesses. It was like a lot of original businesses were in the Riverwalk. And when you go back now, it's it's nothing like what it used to be. It's completely different. And that was that was a little bit of a nostalgia non-hit. I don't know. Disappointment. How to, yeah, yeah. I was so excited. I was pumped for that. But to then get back to what we were talking about, the city. Yes, you may say wow, and wow indeed. New Orleans, New Orleans is a different is a different place. It is, <laughs> and this is. I, I was trying to figure out what it reminded me of. So yeah. I, this is my assessment of New Orleans. It has a small town feel like Savannah. Mm-hmm. It has the old architecture, the history, and like the weather. Is very similar to Savannah. And plus, it's right there on the river, too. Mm-hmm. And then it also has, like, a, a kind c- of a New York vibe, yeah, too. Because of the, the grittiness and yeah. kind of the dirtiness and of the it. And the closeness tight. of it, too. Yeah, like, the streets are very um, tight, which kind of reminds me of, like, the alleyways or whatever in New York. And then the last thing that city that it reminds me of is... Las Vegas, because of like the party vibe, like people are out walking in the streets, the drunk, yeah. uh huh, debaucherous, and everyone is just here to party. So it kind of gives me that kind of vibe too. So those are, those are like the only places that I've been to that I can compare it to. And uh, but overall, it's just super unique. Yeah, d- definitely agree with you on the combination of cities and how it's all of those places in one place and how that energy you can feel that you know it's got the that closeness that New York has and it has that that darkness that Las Vegas has and it's so concentrated because it also has like you said we were talking about this too it feels like a small town yeah it feels like the locals know each other 
like after a while the locals really know each bar and mm-hmm. they know you know the, the the taxi driver on royale and they know all the different people you can go talk to about different buildings and different hauntings and different vampires and Ooh. different things that are just in the city and it's oh man you guys yeah we really enjoyed new orleans we didn't have we i wish we had more time me too we were only there basically uh saturday and sunday no were we there friday yeah no we got there friday night we got there friday night so not much we could do we still went out and got some gumbo because you got to got to get the gumbos and we took that back to the room ate that which was nice yeah um and then yeah next day was more family reunion stuff but saturday night saturday night Tell them what we did Saturday night. We went on a ghost tour. Ghost tour. Which ones was which one was ours? It was was with Cajun Encounters. Oh, that's ours. Okay. Yeah, they had the ghost tours. They also do swamp tours and like plantation tours too. But uh, we really wanted to do the ghost tour because, you know, our friend over here loves Look, the weird things. I don't know what's with me about these ghosts, man. I just, I just, I don't, I don't want to say I get a kick out of it. But um, I don't know. I just, it's ever since the Sixth Sense movie where the, the little kid can see ghosts and he's trying to, and he ends up in a way trying to help the ghosts uh, find their way into the afterlife. I, I, I find that fascinating mm. that... Are they trying to communicate with the living and trying to get, you know, trying to get us to help them move on? It's, it's just a whole bunch of questions with ghosts. The the mystery of it uh, really piques my interests. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we had to go on this ghost tour. We yeah. just had to. <laughs> so it started at 8 o'clock. So we met at the place and it was basically just a walking tour. And we mainly stayed on Royal Street. Although we did, like, venture off slightly. Yeah, on some side streets. Yeah, but for the main um, part of it, it was on Royal Street. And so we walked around, and she told us about different locations. Probably we went to about eight. But we're going to talk to you about the two that really stood out. I'll go first. Yes, please. (laughs) The first one that we actually went to was the Old Ursuline Convent. And that was on Royal Street. And basically, it's a Catholic church. Since it was built, like, in the 1700s, it's been... Well, it's still serving as a Catholic church, but it was, like, a convent for nuns. And they took in uh, orphans Mm -hmm. um, and things along those lines. But now it's a museum, the convent part is, at least. Back in the mid-1700s, there was a small uh, amount of women in relation to the amount of men who were there like for Mm -hmm. like posted for whatever reasons so about one to five you guys one woman for every five man so they were going out into the bayou trying to get the natives and dying because natives then you know native american men weren't having that Mm -hmm. go ahead So then the French king, I believe, ordered for women from France to be shipped over for these men. So they chose all the women. They were, I guess, from varying backgrounds. We did a little research in in addition to what we learned on the street. So, you know, there's with these stories, it always kind of varies from wherever you get your information from. But this is what we've, you know, basically taken. 
When the women get to New Orleans, they all come off the ship and they each have a casket. It's mm, just no, basically coffin. Coffin. Because okay. the casket is a four-sided. Coffins are six-sided. Okay. It's very specific. Cat coffin. They, but they were called casket, casket girls. girls. Okay. They were called casket girls, but they were carrying coffins. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what our tour girl said. And so the the girls are supposed to be like married off to different men. Some mm-hmm. were married off. Some ended up being prostitutes, and maybe some even went back home. But a lot of these girls were not treated properly. Mm. Um, Like they were beat sometimes and just like it was really messed up for them. So the king called for all of them to return back to France. Since the, the girls have been there, their coffins or caskets were stored in the third story of the convent. When the nuns go back to retrieve the girls' belongings that were stored in the coffin caskets. <laughs> they were empty. And for some reason, this is a big deal that they were empty. Yeah, people are freaking out right now. Like, the town is going crazy. Yeah, I guess that some that there was, like, suspicions that things were, were not right with the girls because after they arrived, the mortality rate doubled. So babies were ending up dead and people were just ending up dead, probably unexplicably. Mm -hmm. So when they found that these caskets were empty, it was just like a really big deal. So big of a deal that (laughs) they called in the Pope from the Vatican to come come bless like 800 nails in order to shut these shutters and doors closed. Wait, did you say the Pope? Yes, it was the Pope, right? Wasn't it? I thought it was a representative. I thought it was like one of the cardinals or something. Some places I see the pr- a, a priest, and some some places I saw that it was the Pope. But that I do was rem- the straight up Pope. If it was the straight up Pope, that's pretty serious. I do remember the the tour girl saying that it was the Pope, though. I remember her saying something about the Pope. That's crazy. They um, boarded up all of the windows and doors to the third floor. And now no one is allowed to go in there. Like, it's super secure. Even firefighters, which are supposed to have access to every single building in the city, do not have access to that third floor. Yeah. There were rumors and stuff about it being vampires and whatnot um, since then. But in 1978, two paranormal investigators sat out in front of the convent to try to capture whatever they could on their cameras. At one point, they did capture the windows opening. And after that, their camera was found destroyed. All of their equipment was found destroyed. Picked up by the tripod, smashed on the ground, Mm -hmm. on the cement, you guys. And their bodies were found the next morning in front of the church with 92% of their blood drained and claws, like their bodies ripped open. Now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it is not medically possible for more than like 70% of your blood to be drained. Yeah. So... In order to get the rest out, you got to pump it out. Right. And even then, I don't even know if it can all... Like 90% is pretty up there. Yeah. 
uh, especially to probably be done in just a couple of hours. Right. Since then, uh, people are saying that, was it vampires? What else could have done something like this? So I was really shocked going through this tour that there was a lot of vampire stories. I had no idea that that New Orleans had such a vampire like history. Right. I knew that interview with a vampire took place in New Orleans. I know that True Blood takes place in New Orleans oh. and Louisiana. I guess I'm just late then. But at the same time, I didn't realize that that was based off of like something real. Like mm-hmm. I think of Blade and Twilight when I think of vampires. I'm not thinking like in our world actual like, you know, crazy stuff like uh the, the Jack guy. Like New Orleans has their own Jack, but he's, you know, he's a vampire. Jacques mm-hmm. uh I can't they, remember. They his called name, him also Saint Germain. Saint, the Count of Saint Germain, yeah. There you go. We went to this okay, this is the next this is another one, you guys. We go to this one house. They're talking about how there was this girl there and she's with the Count of Saint Germain and is that right? Yeah. Germain is it Germain or Germain? Germain. Saint Germain. They're upstairs and all of a sudden he attacks her neck and starts, you know, I guess sucking the blood out. He moves towards her with very quick speed mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden these two two guys i guess start knocking on her knocking on not on her door but on his door real loud and so the count goes downstairs and she decides to throw herself out of the second story window lands on the ground breaks her leg and they rush her to the hospital where she later dies half her blood is gone though not the 92%, but at least this chick had half her blood, but she still ended up dying. And of course, Jack says that she just merely decided to throw herself out of the window. She was drunk. What can I say? They let him home. They let him go home because this guy's wealthy. Money talks. He goes home. They go back to go get him again the next day. He's gone. Nowhere to be found. And what they find in his house is bottles of wine mixed with blood. And rugs. Rugs were placed on the ground in the house in various positions. Each rug had a puddle of blood underneath it of varying ages and and, and varying uh, sex. Yeah. So male, female, young old, young, old. didn't matter. This guy was this guy was out here getting, you know, getting his fill. I, I don't want to say I'm convinced the vampires are real because that just sounds dumb. It does sound so dumb. Because that's too much, man. I'm already, I've already got aliens and ghosts. I, can, I don't think I can add another thing in here. Right. I just don't think I can add more, you guys. <laughs> so we're going to segue off of that and talk about the LaLaurie La 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 Mansion. Okay? It's also on Royale. Yeah. It's a very famous mansion. At the time that it was built in the 1800s, it was the tallest building in New Orleans. Okay? Owned by a Delphine La... Oh, man. Delphine LaLaurie. Okay. Well, that's, that wasn't her original name. She was married three times. Because two guys died mysteriously early and also left her a nice sum of money, everybody. And then the third guy was a doctor. And so was she, supposedly. She also was a doctor. Has extraordinary extravagant parties at this house, you guys. For some reason, though, her guests start noticing that her slaves aren't the same when they come back for the parties. They're always different. Whenever they come back to the party, or, you know, they come to party at her house. Her slaves are different. So people start thinking, well, maybe she just, you know, likes fresh slaves. She just switches them out. And so, of course, there's rumors 
Um, but no one can, no one has anything definitive. So one day though, or I should say one night, she has a guest come over and this guest sees her chasing this nine-year-old girl around. And this nine-year-old girl makes it all the way up to the roof of the house while she's chasing around with a bullwhip. And she jumps from the roof into the courtyard. And it's said this nine-year-old little girl still haunts that house. The other story about the house, this is the main one. This is when she pretty much disappears, okay? The cook has decided to chain herself to the stove no, out of fear. No, she didn't chain herself to the stove. I thought she chained herself to the stove. I thought she was chained to the stove. By mm -hmm. Delphine? Yeah. Either way, how she got there, she's chained to the stove. And in the kitchen, she starts a fire. Okay, this is definitely agreed upon that a yeah. fire was started in the kitchen. Because she would rather die by her own hands than to go into that room where no one comes back. Okay, so she starts this fire. Of course, the neighbors are going frantic. They're trying to get water to help stop the fire. The fire department finally gets there. They break in. She tells them to go check in the attic. So they walk into the room, you guys, and there's... I believe they said 17 bodies they ended up finding in this room. Yep. And the two, Delphine and her husband, have been performing medical experiments, quote unquote, so, on their slaves. Sewing different body parts onto other body parts, onto other bodies. Yeah. So they did a sex change. They debauched a sex change. Mm -hmm. They had one where arms and legs were switched out and sewn on to people. One lady's intestines were wrapped around her body like a corset. Oof. They also found more bodies on the on the lower level uh, underneath the floors. Yes. And then there were people also buried in the courtyard, like in the backyard too. Yeah, the nine-year-old girl is suspected to be buried in the courtyard. Yeah. Um, of this, of the LaLaurie mansion. That one hit me so hard. And in one story, what I heard, the reason she chased after the little girl, that the little girl was brush was, you know, brushing her hair that day and she accidentally pulled it. Like on a tangle? Yeah. Wow. And so out of anger, she decided she was gonna beat her. Whew, that house really impacted me, man. Hearing that story, hearing about the little girl jumping off, thinking that, you know, ha having that be your only choice and you're only nine. That's sad. Now, who else did they say has owned the house? Oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage has owned that house. He had to sell it, though. No, it went into foreclosure, I thought. Did it go into foreclosure? Yeah. They said that... Because it's not own owned by an oil tycoon. Right. But um, Nicolas Cage owned it, and then he feels that he's cursed from it. Yep. He went to a voodoo priestess to get some answers, and she told him that he has to be buried in a certain cemetery in Louisiana. And so there's already a a, um, a grave with his name on it in, Louis in a Louisiana cemetery ready for him to, you know, for when he dies to help lift the curse. Crazy. But it's just wild that there's that there's a, a an attachment to a celebrity from this house right and it's it's real like he's scared yeah you know exactly so there's people and people avoid that street for fear of that house we went back yeah <laughs> walked back by it walked back by it just to kind of see stuff hoping to see something we didn't of course but it just it's a very beautiful house like the courtyard the balcony uh from where we saw it it was very well lit and very pretty yeah um, but of course I'm sure it's ter it'd be terrifying to live there. For sure, dude. <laughs> but overall, the 
ghost tour was a lot of fun. It was nice to see the city up close and personal and mm -hmm. learn more about it. And Definitely recommend it, you guys, because we're definitely leaving off some stories um, that were really good. Oh, man, the vampire stories continue. Yep. There's uh, two brothers we're not going to tell you about that are vampires in the city that are well-known. There's a ghost who hangs out in his old restaurant. Ooh, another goodie. We highly recommend it if you're into ghost stories and are ever in New Orleans. And they didn't, they didn't pay us for this message. They did not. So after we left the ghost tour, we were hungry and we also... <laughs> and a little thirsty, okay? Yeah. New Orleans is known for its like music, like jazz scene, right? So we wanted to go and check that out. Just this live music scene is really big and, and really good. So we, uh, we also wanted to get my mom some gumbo. But of mm -hmm. course, it's a late night, so we needed to find a place that was open late night. Because we were out, what, almost, shoot, from midnight on. We were out but, doing stuff. Yeah, by the time the tour was over, it was about 10, 10.30. And then, of course, we had to walk around. You got to walk around New Orleans. Because, yeah. I mean, there's so much to see and experience and just look at. Right, so um, where we ended up walking oh, to. Man, we've really got to put up the pictures of the Slender Man pink paintings that oh, we man. saw. That was the creepiest thing after the ghost tour, you guys, that we saw these Slender Man paintings. Oh. Um, there, Ariel didn't want to look at them for long. It was scary. Because she saw it and freaked out. Anyway, go ahead. We walked down to the Frenchman Street. To, because our, our uber ugh, our uber driver told us that that's the place to go for live music but man it was really busy oh we should also mention that the weekend that we were in new orleans was the q dogs yeah the q omega. dogs okay. sci sci i think omega sci sci five anyway but the q dogs were there and so it was crazy busy. There was also the Zeta uh, sorority that was there. We saw several other family reunions and then obviously just typical tourists. So it was very busy, maybe busier than it usually is. Yeah. Yeah. The city was popping this weekend. It was. So we went to the Frenchman area and it just wasn't our vibe. Like there was a lot of live music, but it yeah. was just really loud and it smelled like barf. And <laughs> we weren't really trying to be like that. We kind of wanted to just have something a little bit more low key. So we ended up uh, just kind of walking around more. We found a, a gumbo place that was 24 hours. So we started heading towards that. The gumbo place was Daisy Dukes. I mean, they don't specialize in gumbo, but they sold some at a late hour. And it was delicious. Yeah. So two doors down from this, from uh, Daisy Dukes, was this jazz bar called Mahogany Jazz Hall. And when we walked up, they were playing music. I look in and Ariel keeps walking towards Daisy Dukes. I was like, oh man, I wish we could go in there. I, you know, I wouldn't mind going in there and checking it out, but... She's still walking. She didn't seem interested, so I'll go ahead and go. And the guy, the bouncer outside, was like, hey, man, there's no cover charge if you just want to go in and sit down. And we were like, okay, cool. Yeah, so we went in. We walk in, <laughs> and the there's the band um, playing music, like, up on the stage. And there's, like, a really narrow walkway between the band stage and then there's also seating area. Like, there's a little raised area for seating so uh as we're walking in 
there's a man and his partner of you know like two a couple dancing and so they're like dancing to the music and guys the song they are playing is superstitious by stevie wonder and this it's just it's just perfect from what we came off of doing a ghost tour yeah vampire stuff we come in here they're doing superstitious and this guy's dancing with his partner and dances kind of like guides us yes as he's dancing with this lady to these stairs that lead to the to the place where you can sit and watch the band just describing it just <sighs> sounds silly but the way that it felt it was also like i felt like magical honestly it was it was once in a lifetime i really believe that i don't yeah. think i could go back there and recreate that whole no. uh, that whole thing you know yeah just the way everything happened and the way that it felt it was really incredible it was so we sit down they're playing superstitious we had to get hurricanes here in the city of hurricanes <laughs> you gotta have a hurricane you, drink you gotta have a hurricane have some destruction on yourself if you order absinthe then you can have a burlesque girl back in the back prepare it for you and tell you the history about it so we were like oh that seems cool it seems real neat now I don't want to I don't want to tell them too much because I really want everybody to experience this. Yeah. Without knowing exactly what's gonna go on. I like it. So we're gonna tell you enough to get you to go, but we're not gonna tell you everything that happened because you really gotta see it for yourself. Please. Um, this chick works very worked very hard for the whole routine that she put up. Um, she's kind of a celebrity in her own right. She's been on a couple of different TV shows from what Badlands to. She's a circus act. She's done. What else has she done? Did she say she did? Do you remember? I don't remember everything, but. She has a wide range of talents, everybody, okay? We go into the back room. Now, like I said, you're supposed to order absinthe in order to do this. Um, and then it's $20 on top of the $15 absinthe. And we thought that we had ordered the absinthe, but turns out we didn't. So we didn't get to actually try it, but we still got to see the show. And she made the drinks for the other people who had ordered it. So the little show starts off with her um, telling us about the history of absinthe and mm -hmm. the, the, different the different types of absinthe and the prohibition and the revival. And that was really interesting. It really was, because I didn't, I, did, I know nothing about absinthe um, outside of video games. And I didn't know it was poisonous. I didn't know that you're kind of, in a way, drinking a little bit of poison. And if you could, you can trip if you drink too much of the northern type. But the southern type is different to where it can't necessarily poison you um, as much as just get you really, really drunk. After telling us the history, but this whole time she's like wearing a corset and like boy shorts and she has on these, these it's wings. Like, she's called the green fairy for the reasons of absinthe. But anyway, so she has on this, this green wing slash cape that's like shimmery and stuff. So after she tells us this, the story, she kind of does like a strip tease, okay? And she gets topless. <laughs> so she made the drinks tell them how she made these drinks because guys i can't i don't think i can do it justice how she make these drinks boo all right so she gets up onto this little platform where the drinks are sitting on this table platform see-through by the way yeah it's glass 
And so she's still like talking about the absinthe and she pours it into the glass, but she doesn't pour it the normal way. She pours it over her boob and like it drips off of her nipple into the glass. So on her areola, onto the nipple, mm-hmm. into the glass. Mm-hmm. And she does it for all of the drinks. It takes her at least like five to seven minutes to do this. So you have a nice long show to, you know, if you're, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> right. But overall, it was just a really interesting show that you you know if if you want to try absinthe and if you like burlesque and things like that then definitely check out the mahogany jazz room and see if cj sparks is there absolutely she also has a wide variety of strange knowledge yeah okay so we're only gonna give you two because we got five so ask her it's it's important. This is where this is where your experience will take a whole another turn. True. Okay. Ask her for her top five, or even if you're feeling frisky, top ten strangest things that she knows. I found out that Nikola Tesla was supposedly in love with a pigeon. A pigeon. A pigeon. Like loved it enough to like marry it. I don't think he could marry it, but like he was in love. This pigeon was his boo thing. Yeah. Okay, it was Bay. Tell them your crazy fact. Mine is more scientific. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, she said that whenever a man ejaculates into a woman, sorry for the scientific awkward terms, she then stores his DNA like in her brain for life. What? It's gross, you guys. It is a little gross. Be wear careful pro- out there. Wear protection? <laughs> you know, make him wear protection, ladies. Such a great trip to New Orleans. It really was. That was the the highlight of the trip to me. I don't know. What was the highlight? The ghost tour was bomb. The jazz lounge was bomb. The hurricanes were so good and delicious. <laughs> it didn't even... When we were drinking them, the alcohol snuck up on us. It did. I was like, this drink... Did They didn't cart us, did they? Did they give us virgin drinks? I was almost upset. Right? I was like, dang, we don't look that young, do we? Right? And then it hits you and you're like, oh, nope, they knew. (laughs) So that was fun. But I think the whole night was really good. But it was also great spending time with family and meeting new people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shout out Good Harris Family Reunion. So I guess this is where we're going to end it, everybody. If you guys enjoyed our podcast and want to hear more, come see us on those respective uh, places. Spotify, where else are we at? iTunes, Android. Of course we're on YouTube. Yep. That's our main source. So most of you are listening to us on YouTube. Hey, YouTube crew. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Mostly listening. Mostly listening. <laughs> and we will see you in the next one. Peace.